It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back, everybody. This is your weekly takeaway show right here on the board YouTube channel, The Hammers NBA Content Division. And today we are going through pretty much going through the Eastern Conference today. We're going to be talking specifically about the New York Knicks and their recent surge in performances. We're going to be talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers and also the way they've been playing lately. But also we're going to go into a little bit around the complete playoff picture within the Eastern Conference, which is shaking up quite a bit in the last week or so. Very tight from five to two. Philadelphia is sitting right now at fifth in the Eastern Conference, which is pretty crazy considering the way they started the season. But as I mentioned, a whole bunch of stuff to get into today. So please make sure you hit the like button to support the content and subscribe to keep up to date with everything that we have coming at you right here on the board YouTube channel. And we'll end off the show with any betting that we have as well. So let's get into our first topic. Uh, actually, before we do that, Kirk, how are you doing today? How's everything going? Doing well. Uh... Right before we, we hopped on, uh, LeBron and AD out. Interesting to see. Not not the most shocking thing I've ever seen, but was listening to AD at a uh, shoot-around today. It sounded like he was, he was planning to go, so I wonder uh, if there's something uh, weird going on at all. I think, you know, there's been a lot of, like, tweets, weirdness surrounding the Lakers right now, so feels like feels like something interesting going on yeah there was the uh the cryptic hourglass emoji tweet from lebron you know he loves his emojis so he knows his emojis well and one thing to note about the hourglass it wasn't the hourglass like on its way down it was the hourglass finished counting so he really oh, knows that's some good analysis right there so it wasn't as if something is happening soon it was just something <laughs> happening right now i don't know uh lebron's well versed in emoji so i i have to feel like he knows what he's doing there but yeah something to look out for that was uh yesterday was that yesterday i, I think we, yesterday or the day before my goodness it's time's just a blur but <laughs> nothing as of yet i don't know if the hourglass was him and ad are sitting out um you'd think it'd be like a trade or something but again uh we shall see on that unfortunate for the lakers uh, uh missing those guys for lakers because the bet on this morning show contained a lebron under so now don't have that one anymore unfortunately anyways let's go to the first topic of conversation today it's in the title it's in the thumbnail here the new york knicks wow have they looked amazing since trading for og and anobi i mean i i figured they'd be like maybe slightly better but overall i didn't think they would improve that much by getting og um I don't know if this is just a very long honeymoon phase or what it is, but the Knicks have been spectacular with OG. They have a 105.5 defensive rating when OG and Anobi plays per stats muse. They've won eight games in a row. They are now third in the Eastern Conference. They're right behind the Bucks for second. Now, we know the Celtics are the best in the East. You very much think the Celtics are the best in the East and the best in the league. But for the New York Knicks, I mean... Is this team seriously a threat to finish as a top two seed in the East? Definitely a serious contender to, to finish uh, top two. They're, they're knocking on the door, and it's not like the, the people in front of them or the teams in front of them look uh, like world beaters right now other than 
the Celtics, who haven't been maybe quite as good of late, but they're the Celtics. Um, yeah, the, the Knicks have been pretty unbelievable. And, and the crazy thing is, it, it hasn't really felt like anyone, it doesn't really matter who's in the lineup for them. Like, I don't think it's the most shocking thing that Randall went out and they kept winning, but Randall went out, OG's been yeah. out the last couple of games, Hardenstein's been hurt, Mitch Robb is out, and they just keep going. So definitely contender to, to get to that second spot. I don't know if I would say they're the most likely, but you can see in that graphic, they're one game back and they're them and, and Cleveland have been probably the two best teams in the East this month. So yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they finish up in that two spot, especially considering they take the regular season more seriously than any other team in the league. They, they played Utah two days ago. They were up 20 points midway through the third quarter and Brunson and played 45 minutes on a back-to-back. Maybe That's... not 45. It was maybe 38, 39, something ridiculous. So wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, uh, you know Tibbs. You know how Tibbs is going to be uh, with it with his team. And, and you know what? Fair enough. Like, play these games like they're all important. And when you get to the playoffs, it's these guys are used to playing 40 minutes. They have to play 40-plus minutes in the playoffs. They're used to doing that already. It's going to be no different for these guys. So um, I, I don't really have much of an issue with it. Uh, Nick Nurse, another notorious guy for doing that. I never had an issue with that when he was with the Raptors at all. So I think it makes sense. As far as the Knicks, though, this season, I think that right now the results are a bit of a greater sum than their parts. Like this is not a team on paper that you would say is is good enough to be the two seed, but they're certainly playing like it. The, the old cliche and the reason these old cliches is that defense wins championships. I don't think this is enough to win a championship and a firepower there, but is this a team that's good enough to challenge any team in the East? I think so. I don't think they'd beat Boston. I don't think they'd beat Milwaukee. I think they could give the Sixers a run for their money if Embiid is not 100% healthy, which he never is. So I think they can give the Sixers a run for their money. This is a very interesting team. Hard-nosed, everybody buys into their role. You have a player in OG who takes away the opposition's best player. Like in a series against the Celtics, OG is going to be on right on Jason Tatum. If you're playing against the Bucs, like you have a really good stopper for Giannis. Like you're not going to stop him completely. But in conjunction with OG building a, uh, an essential wall with whoever's at center, the inkling is that Mitchell Robinson will be back for any potential playoff run. Yeah, this is a team... That's going to be tough to beat. I don't think I don't think any team is going to want to play against the New York Knicks compared to the Cavaliers. I mean, maybe even the Sixers. What would you give as the Knicks' chance to beat, let's say, the the perceived top three in the East? Like, not you think Boston would win, of course, but against the Bucks or Sixers, how do you think they would match up in a playoff series? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It wouldn't stun me for the Knicks to beat anyone in the league other than Boston. Um, I think obviously I, I would have them as dogs to Milwaukee, but the thing about it now, like I don't think they'd be overwhelming dogs to to the Sixers. The question is, where does the offense come from? Like the Knicks, and I've talked about it on this show before, they're really good at, you know, offensive rebounding, grinding out possessions. They don't turn the ball over much. They get fouled. They're not a good shooting team by any measure. And I think kind of all those things they do can be game planned more than 
you know, you can game plan for Dame and Giannis, or you can game plan for Joel. I think it's going to be an absolute stone fight, no matter who they play. There are a lot of defensive teams uh, in the East right now. Like, if it was a Cavs-Knicks matchup again, like, we saw what happened last year. The totals were, like, under 200 in pretty much every game in that series. The pace is going to be ridiculously slow. It's going to be fun to watch depending on on how much you like aggressive defensive basketball. But yeah, I would I would still it's just hard for me to see how they can score enough to to beat Milwaukee, but Milwaukee has a lot of holes on this team. They they just don't look great. But again, like the, just, just Milwaukee's offensive firepower is just so much greater. So I would definitely have them as pretty significant dogs to Milwaukee, but I wouldn't have it as like, you know, a pie in the sky chance. I think they would have a legitimate chance to beat them and, a, and an even better chance to beat Philly because Philly, it still remains to be seen what this team is going to look like in the playoffs, what Joel is going to look like in the playoffs. They're struggling. The Knicks pretty easily could have home court advantage. So yeah, I don't, I feel like each team in the East is actually kind of tiered by themselves like Boston's in a tier of its own then I would say Milwaukee's in a tier of its own and then once you get past those two I don't even know if I would really put Philly that clearly in a tier above like New York but I would still definitely have Philly as a favorite on a neutral but definitely would it would be a pretty even series to me I I think a lot can also I mean a lot will change likely in the next week or so I think the Knicks are the most likely of all these teams to get even better in the next week. Conversations around Bruce Brown in particular, potentially landing uh, with the New York Knicks. They certainly have the assets to make some trades. So things will shake up in the next week or so. I guess where the the one issue comes to the Knicks, I mean, you kind of touched on it with Randall. You said my exact thoughts. Like Randall got injured and I was kind of like, hey, I don't think this is going to make any difference to their record at all, which is kind of crazy for a guy who's as good as him like but that's just the reality like how much does he really influence winning with this team apparently it's it's not too too much i think playoffs are different you want that firepower but if they play the bucks for example i don't i think the best two players in the series both play for milwaukee that makes things considerably harder from a knicks perspective i don't think that's going to be sorted right now but maybe down the line this is a really good team with like like Brunson's amazing. OG is an amazing fit. They have the defensive centers. Like Hardenstein's an excellent backup to Mitchell Robinson. They could like they could lose Robinson and, and Hardenstein would be just fine in that position. If they can go out and get a star player, I think that's something down the line, but maybe not yeah. something for, and for right Precious. Now. Precious has been good for them. Tibbs loves Precious. I wasn't sure that Precious was going to be a Tibbs guy, but he's starting yeah. at four. He hasn't really played the four in like since his Miami days. He, he's being good. Like, if you're kind of just able to to grind it out, play defense under tips, he's gonna like you. So they're yeah, they're a good team. They could go out and, and and get someone else. The only thing is, it feels like the Knicks are really doubling, tripling, and quadrupling down on like we're getting gritty, tough defensive players, which I get and it has worked. But I think it also puts a bit of a ceiling on your team. Like Bruce Brown, I like Bruce Brown. He's a good player, and he would actually really help them in terms of he can kind of play backup point guard like he did for Denver last year. But he also can't shoot. And they just don't really have any shooting on this team behind Quinn Grimes, who's not really a 
starting level player right now. I like Quentin Grimes, but Tibbs doesn't really love Quentin Grimes. So you need some shooting to win. The offense is going to be putrid in the playoffs, but they're going to be in some rock fights. And, and yeah, I think they can compete against anyone. All right, let's shift gears to another team in the East. Fourth place right now in the Eastern Conference, the Cleveland Cavaliers. This team is crazy. Darius Garland was out for a while. He's back now, just came back. Same with Evan Mobley. But this, they've won 11 of 12 here. This, like, I, did, I was not expecting this for the Cavs. Here I am. I, I think I had an under on their win total. Uh, I think I gave it. I know I have it. I think I gave it out on the, in the preseason show uh, for the Cavs under on win total. And that looked great <laughs> 12 games ago. They've won 11 of their last 12. And all of a sudden, are they a threat in the East? I don't think, even though they're only half a game back at the Knicks, I don't look at them like they're that serious of a contender. Uh, the Knicks, like, I don't see, see them as like a super serious contender. I don't look at the Cavs like they could challenge the top of the East. But do you think I'm wrong for thinking that way? Is this team kind of better than I'm giving them credit for? Yeah, I've definitely considered putting a couple tickets in. For, for Cavs to win the East, Cavs to win the title. I I don't think it's going to happen. I think they just don't have enough. And also, I think it is a bit telling that when they only played one center, they were still kind of awesome defensively and were able to, to space it. I just think I, Jared Allen's been really good. And clearly Mobley's kind of the guy they look at as, as the future here with obviously Garland and we'll see about Mitchell. I don't think they have enough in last year's playoff really did scare me. They could not move the ball at all. They couldn't score. They, they just kind of got uh, bullied by the Knicks. Honestly, yeah. like the Knicks just offensive rebounded. Like they, they're starting two centers and the Knicks had some ridiculous offensive rebounding percentage. Their defense translated totally though, other than allowing those offensive rebounds. Their first shot defense was spectacular in the playoffs last year. So that did scare me off, but you could grab some, like, there were some crazy numbers out there. So I was considering it. Again, I think the Cavs and the Knicks are, are pretty similar. Like, the Cavs have more firepower. They have much better players than the Knicks. They are very, very good defensively. Um, I think it'll be tough, but they added Struess. Sam Merrill, probably not much of a playoff player, but maybe could play, like, eight minutes a game. Is just a ridiculous shooter, the fastest release I think I've seen in the NBA. So, again, I would kind of give them a, a similar chance to a New York to update those teams. And then again, I would be kind of stunned if they beat um, Boston. I, I'd be stunned. To, I, honestly, I'd be stunned if the Cavs beat Milwaukee or Philly, to, to be honest. I actually, I think if they, if there's a rematch of last year's Knicks versus Cavs, I think that, I think it, It'd be something similar. I, I think the Knicks are just the superior team to this. I don't know. It, I, I think you kind of hit it on the head with Allen and Mobley. Like they were, Mobley was out and the team might have looked a little bit better having only one center there and didn't drop defensively, really. I'm not saying that Mobley's the guy to trade, but I think there certainly should be a conversation about whether or not Allen and Mobley together is the best thing for this team. It's difficult because they're both great players. Allen is is turning into like back to being a bit underrated uh, with his ability to score, not just in the restricted area. Like he's been super efficient in like lower mid-range areas, if, if that's the way to describe it. 
which hasn't really been been credited for. I, I don't know if this two, these two together is just a way forward, like this lack of spacing. I think they've continued to bet on Mobley getting that corner three ball. I think like that's the biggest thing for this team. But at this point, like the hope for that to happen is more like desperation. I, 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 maybe not desperation. I, I just don't think that's going to happen really at any point. Uh, but yeah, that, I think that's fair. The Cavs were a team I really I bet on a lot uh, pre-season overs division, which now I've, actually everything's pr- pretty alive. But a big reason why was I had Evan Mobley circled as a guy who I really thought could take a step. He had he had a lot of outs to me of if he just got a bit stronger and a bit better on that drive game, he could have really gotten significantly better. Or if he just kind of became, you know, league average three-point shooter for, for his position, it would be a massive jump for these guys. And it really didn't look like it uh, in his first stretch this season. Obviously, he's been out for a while now, so... I, I'm lower on the Cavs than I was at the beginning of the season, even though the season actually kind of is going quite well for them when you consider the injuries. Because it's not like Garland and Mobley, this stretch of injuries were uh, the only stretch. They were hurt the entire season. True. So it kind of has been a really good season for them. But just as these games go by, those really high-end outcomes for Evan Mobley don't seem as likely. So... I'm with you. I, I think it would be tough. But again, I also think it would be tough for the Knicks. Like, I, I think they could. I'm not going to give them no chance. I, I kind of just see those teams both as very similar. But the okay. Knicks are kind of better defensively and, and more intense and physical versus the Cavs are also like, you know, a tier two defensive team. They've been, I think, like one of the best, I think the best defense uh, this month. But, you know, they do have Garland and they have Mitchell. So they have, to me, much more offensive firepower. Like, Mitchell's an even better offensive player than Brunson. And then they don't really have anyone you would compare to Garland. So the Knicks' offense really comes from more uh, systemic way they play and, and clash, uh, crash the glass. But I look at that as something that's kind of also going to drop off in the playoffs. But also, I look at last year's series and think maybe they learned a lot from that. You know, you can play Mobley and Allen. Maybe you close them together, but you don't have to. You can play them together only like 18 minutes a game. They got a lot of shooting in. They got uh, Niang. They have Screw. So I think they have the opportunity to play, you know, only one of those guys for a good chunk of the game and try staggering them as much as possible. All right. Uh, I want to shift focus here to like a full scope of the Eastern Conference playoff picture. Uh, obviously, the Cavs and Knicks firmly involved in this. We'll pull up the graphic here once again. But kind of weird. Huh? The Sixers, they're only two games back of second, but they have kind of fallen a little bit like, kind of dramatically here, considering at the start of the season, they were kind of right up at the top with the Boston Celtics. I guess a bit of this is the Joel Embiid health concerns. The health concerns kind of creeping in are very much helping the Nikola Jokic MVP case, which we have uh, as a future for this show, which which is looking it would look not so good after the 70 point game. And then he missed the game against the Nuggets, which made it made it look a whole lot better. But regardless, um, the Sixers. Yeah, after such a tremendous start, I mean, I'm not trying to downplay a 29 and 17 record here. Are there any doubts kind of settling in for the Sixers uh, for you at this point? 
well, like you said, when are we going to see Joel play uh, another NBA game? It could, it's, I, I would, if I had to guess, probably post-All-Star break, I think we'll probably get an announcement today. So it's tough. I, I haven't really changed my evaluation on this team just because they've been so shallow. Maxie's also missed the last four games in kind of a mysterious ankle injury that there hasn't been much reporting on. I think I'll be back tonight, though. Um, so it's it's kind of things are getting pretty dire there, but not even just because of team quality. I think they're kind of the same team that they've been all season. But finishing fifth, if, if you finish fifth in the East, you're in a lot of trouble. You you get a a road series in round one, which will be a very losable series for Philly. If it's you know just like we talked about Cleveland or New York, that's going to be a tough tough series, and then you play Boston on the road in round two. That is just things things are are tough very fast if they finish in that five spot. And if if Joel's out a while, this seems this is a pretty shallow team up top. Like Joel carries around, you know, the most amount of value. Like he, he's an MVP. It makes sense. He's a very deserved MVP. If you just look at a line movement when Joel gets ruled out, him, Nicola are the two guys who move the line the most because they're the most valuable to their team. It makes sense they win the MVP trophies. So, you know, if he's out for eight, 10 games, they're probably going to lose a lot of ground on this race. It's not like any of like the Cavs, Knicks, Milwaukee, or Boston are really faltering. Obviously, Boston's already pretty much out of the picture totally. So, yeah, they, they, it's tough because the season was so promising and now, you know, they're like, 50-50, maybe a, a little bit better to have a road playoff series in round one. So yeah, yeah. They're they're in a tough spot. We'll see if they if they make a move here at the deadline, maybe try treading above water. Uh just to, for the time Joel's out. We'll see. Maybe Joel's injury's not quite as bad. He was lifted out. They're saying they're reevaluating him. But typically if a guy can't move around the court and then re-injures that knee, he's probably gone for a while. So just on the Embiid MVP thing, which I was talking about, Embiid a week ago was like plus 140, had a sizable advantage as favorite to win MVP. Now uh, on FanDuel specifically, I imagine other places off the board, like can't even bet him. There's just, there's no way he's going to meet the threshold of games played at this point. So uh, sorry, Nicole Jokic's now uh, in the minus to win MVP, which is, it's just crazy. Like two weeks ago, Jokic's plus 140, Weak layer and beat plus 40. Now Jokic in the minus. Uh, yeah, insane. The move, the move that never made sense was after the 70 point game, Joel going to the favorite. Like, but it, it was a it, 70 point game. He, no, but but it was like he, it was at least in my opinion, he was just gonna probably win the MVP if he played enough games, but he had just fallen down because he had missed a bunch of games. So, like, it just didn't really have anything to do with his play. His odds weren't really reflected on his play. He was playing better than anyone in the league. He was putting up crazy stats. So, like, I get it. It's a 70-point game. It's flashy. I think the Bucks also like moving off that. Probably people were betting it. But the calculation of him being plus whatever it was, like 250, 280, he was plus 280 because it was still pretty unlikely he was going to get to that threshold. And then he put up 70. It's like it's not like that changed the rules where if he wasn't going to, like, if he puts up enough 70-point games, he doesn't need to play 65. So... Yeah, it's unfortunate that he's probably not going to play. I, I, I honestly think he doesn't get to the threshold just off this injury. So, yeah, he's pretty much done. 
Giannis Shea have some chance. Giannis at this point though, again, they're they're struggling. So Shea definitely has a shot to win MVP, but obviously Jokic looks pretty good. Uh, and last little kind of mini coverage here. The Heat kind of right righted the ship yesterday with a win over the Kings, but leading into that game, they had lost seven in a row. Um, you know, it's tough to count out the Miami Heat, especially like you never could. And then they had last year where they got to the NBA Finals as an eight seed. Any sort of like, what, what are you? What's your thoughts on the Heat? Like, are you concerned about them? Do you think they're a good team? Is it just this, when they make the playoffs, that's when they figure things out? What do you make of the Miami Heat right now, sitting at seventh? Yeah, I don't know. I've never or never believed so much into this like Heat playoff. You know, they turn it on in the playoffs. I, I think it obviously is somewhat relevant, but like, I, I don't look at them as as a, a true challenger. Like, it, I think it would suck if you're a seven seed and you have to play the Heat. Also, Rozier definitely helps them, makes them deeper, but they're just not really being particularly good in the regular season for the last two years. And and they did look; they were they were in the NBA Finals. They hit a pretty crazy shooting luck, you know, month and a half to get there. But I don't think you can take that all away. But like Jimmy's really not being quite as good this year. He's a bit injured. Well. Post also break Jimmy has been different for a long time now. It's true. It's true. Yeah, and I think Jimmy is much better in the playoffs. Like I think that definitely is true. But I think you can only do that so many times. And and the East is good up top. Like I think Boston's better than ever. Milwaukee now has Dame. So I don't. I don't think. I don't think we're going down that road again. I, I don't really. When I think about teams, I'm I'm thinking about in the East. I don't really factor them in. They're going to be in the plan more like more than likely going to be in the plan. So I, I don't, I don't really think we're going to see it again, but I think they're, they're a tough seven seed. There's no doubt about that. I'd probably rather play Indiana, even though Indiana has been pretty good. I'd rather play Indiana in the first round than Miami, but I, I don't think they're going to the final. I, and God, I hope they don't honestly. <laughs> I, I really feel like there is a monster jump or golf in class, we'll call it, from seven to eight. Like, like assuming, like, you know, if, like if this if the season ended today, Miami were the seventh seed. My goodness, the jump from playing Miami to playing, like, Orlando, Chicago, Atlanta, maybe Brooklyn, is, is sizable. There, there is a ton of value in being the one seed, obviously, but even more so with this kind of way I'm looking at it. I think as the season goes on, I can probably, like, my guess would be Miami move up a spot i think the i think they'll finish ahead of the pacers my guess would be the sixers also stay top four and i think the Cavs move down but i mean this can this could fluctuate so much like like the Cavs could move Indiana up is only not three three me. and a half games back there too like yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty condensed for sure yeah uh, there's a lot of ways this could go down without me being ultimately surprised the East playoff picture. I, I mean, we keep talking about how parody keeps on improving. NBA disco has been parody keeps improving. And I think this kind of showcases that there are, you know, it's not as, as fair of an argument in the East because like Boston are the true powerhouse other than Boston. A lot of teams I could picture coming out of the East more like the West, like my goodness, could you comfortably say you could picture like five or six teams coming out? Like definitely at least four right now. 
for sure. Parity is, sure. is definitely West, here in the NBA. It's making yeah. some exciting basketball. Yeah, no, there's no doubt that NBA is, is a different animal than it was even like five years ago. It's All teams, right. teams can win if you're, you know, the eighth best team in the league. There's just no doubt about it. Absolutely. All right. Well, that should do it for any of the talking points for today. As always, please get your questions in the chat. If you have any, and uh, we'll kind of shift over into betting here. So uh, a bit of a bit of a rebound <laughs> last week's show. You had the Mike Conley under assist, which was nice and comfortable as the winner. The other bets from the show were the Boston Celtics NBA Finals winner. We have to wait a while for that. You also gave an Eastern Conference team to win the championship. And the Raptors team total over at 29 and a half. That was on the last last week. I'd say, uh, well, nothing much for the Celtics one. The uh, Conley was easy. The Raptors one hasn't necessarily gone off to the, the brightest of starts. Do you expect yeah. that to turn around at any point? Well, RJ quickly and Pirtle all out. So we've been pretty bad, but I, I think all I think at least quickly and Pirtle back tomorrow. So go get back to being like pretty competitive. Team we'll have more of an idea game. then. Uh, anything yeah, exactly. for we're, anything we're really bad when uh, those guys are out, especially like Pirtle. We're just our our center depth. Like we can get away with you know Thad Young, Chris Boucher, but then when it becomes like Jonte Porter starting, it becomes a pretty big issue. <laughs> Agreed. Anything for today specifically that you have to give out? Any from games, any futures or anything? It might be difficult with the Lakers uh, without AD yeah, no, and Ron now. I, I haven't really gone much through prop, but I'll give out, rarely will I do this, but I am going to give out a side today. Um, okay. I'm gonna go, after we talked about them a lot, I'm going to actually go against them. I'm going Pacers plus three. Also, if you want to go with like fetch money line on the board, it looks like there's like some... Pen pen is like pretty clearly the best line here. Uh yeah. So I'm gonna go Pacers plus oh sorry, Pacers. I think I might have said minus three. Pacers plus three. Uh good to minus one ten. A lot of the board is two and a half, but I don't know uh how many absolute whales we have in the chat, but <laughs> pen pen plus three, one point nine five is very good line to me. Okay, so going with the Pacers here against the uh, the Knicks team we just gassed up for a while here. Uh, any reasoning behind the handicap Pacers at MSG? Yeah, uh, Halliburton's questionable. Pretty confident he's going to go. He said he was going to play. Um, just just uh, being a gnarly stretch for the Knicks. OG's questionable. I think it's a true questionable. Grimes is questionable. I think he's probably out. Randall's obviously still out. Hardenstein's still on a minutes limit it's just a lot of you know 40 minute games consecutively this is three and four for them um it just i think the Pacers are are a very solid team with pascal and i just think the compounding rest factors aren't quite in the line to the point where i would I, I played three and a half three the fact that most of the board's two and a half also makes me feel pretty good about it. I just think it's a, a bit tough of a spot here, and I'm pretty confident at least the Pacers injury news will go our way, and then we'll be really good if, if you know the 50-50s go away for the Knicks. Like, if OG's out, Pacers could close favorites. I'm pretty confident Grimes will be out, and, and just if both of them are out, they're just such a shallow team at this point. 
Well, there you have it. The one play for today is Pacers plus three. We got it. It shifted right as we went to bed. It's a minus 104 at Pinnacle. Pinnacle odds tracked here on Bedstamp are like pretty much right on the second here. So that is the line that you can get right now. If you're watching live, you're watching after the fact, play this up to minus 110 as Kirk Evans has said there. All right, that'll do it for the show today. Going to be a little bit different next week on the show here. We're going to be doing, well, right when the show is usually live right now, 3 p.m. Eastern time, that is going to be the NBA's trade deadline. So just like last year, we're going to be doing an NBA trade deadline watch along. We have done it previously on the Hammers YouTube channel. Today, this year, we're going to do it right here. Keep the NBA content on the NBA channel with the board HQ. I'll be hosting. I'll be live. Should be from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Evan to my side here is unfortunately going to be away for that one, but we'll have pips involved with that one. We're also looking to get in some other creators who don't typically feature on the board YouTube channel to make some surprise appearances. So very much keep yourself, uh, keep your eyes open for that. You can subscribe to the channel, keep up to date with all that content. But if you enjoyed this one today, please make sure you do hit that like button. I'll be back tomorrow with the pick and roll live stream. That's live every weekday morning next week. Again, a little bit different for Thursday, but Still some great content on the way. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week and a great weekend. I'll see you tomorrow, but thanks so much for watching.